Who were you before you lost your wild self? That's what we're helping you explore on the Tend Her Wild podcast. Through questions and tools around how best to listen to your inner voice, rewild ourselves, and live the most authentic life where we thrive instead of survive. I'm Betsy. And I'm Kate. And we're so glad you've joined us for this episode. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the heart. Returning to the heart is one of the topics from the Tend Her program that started this week. If you'd like to learn more about the program, it will be available online in the months to come at dryogamama.com. But the heart and returning the heart is the area that I covered this week. And so Betsy and I are going to talk a little bit more today about what that means for us personally and where it's shown up in our lives. So welcome. Thanks, Kate. You know that talking about the heart, living in the heart, working from the heart is sort of my calling card. So I am really happy to talk about this with you. And I want to say when I had kind of fleshed out the topics that I wanted to cover in this course, we knew returning to ourselves. we knew we wanted to return to the heart, to the body, to intuition or instincts, and then to how we connect to other people. And you were one of the first people I proposed sort of these ideas to. And right away you jumped on, like, I want to talk about the heart. I want to work with the, I want to work with you on the heart week. And so do you remember why I I called you so strongly? I, I don't, I don't know exactly, but I am, I am more and more convinced that where we are stuck, it is because our heart is not open. And so whether it's personally or whether it's working with women I have recognized that these, the stuckness, the insecurity, the afraid to make decisions really all stems from just not tuning in with your heart. Mm. And so, because I think that's so central to how I am tuning into myself lately, um, yeah, I think I just enjoy talking about it and talking with others about it. I think it's a really important concept that we often have lost sight of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the heart is the center of everything and you might talk a little bit about this, but just from an energetic perspective, there are sort of seven energy centers in the body. And so the fourth energy center, the one that's smack dab in the middle is the heart and it connects the lower three energy centers, which are really about being in the physical world and being in the physical body with these upper three centers, which are much more spirit, Mm -hmm. um, you know, source intuitive. And so it's like the heart is where our human self meets our connects, our whole self or our spirit self or our divine self. So the heart really, and all the indigenous popular cultures and all the ancient philosophies have always talked about the heart, go back to the heart, be in the heart. So here we are. Here we are. Here we are. And heart is anahata, right? Yeah, in Sanskrit, it's anahata. Which means unstruck yeah. and unbroken. Yeah. Which I love because I think we often are raised in a culture where we almost prepare our kids to have a broken heart. 
We expect it. We, we'll listen to every yeah. country music song you've ever heard. That's right. It's sort all of the about achy, it. breaky, broken heart. So in every rom-com, it's all about the yeah. broken heart. And so I feel like we're so conditioned to just believe that our hearts are going to be broken and that's what to expect or to avoid or to run from letting your heart get broken. Right. And so, um, yeah, I think it's just, we have, this is a new concept for people yeah. that like the idea is yeah, that be, your heart can't be broken. It can't be energetically. It can't be broken. Right. Which is very empowering uh-huh. to, to, to know that it's not uh, something you have to fix but there are layers that we put up around in walls. And so yeah. I thought maybe today we could share kind of our own experiences around that. And when we've, we know at times in our lives where we've had those walls up, mm-hmm. are there yeah. times for you that come up that, you know, about walls? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing about constructing these walls is that we are, we're not consciously thinking about, putting up a wall, it just energetically goes up. And I think that there are good reasons why we sometimes put up energetic walls. We don't feel safe. We have been hurt. We need to keep distance or boundary with someone. And we don't know how with our words or with our actions. So I I don't want to start this conversation with the idea that all walls are bad because I think it's protection. I think they go up for reasons at various times in our life. The problem is that if we keep erecting walls around our heart, we can't let love in. We can't let connection in. We can't let uh, intimacy in. And then we wonder why we're so lonely or why our relationships are flat or why people don't really get us or see us or know us. And then we have to go through the work of like taking the wall down and they don't go up overnight, right? Like there's a process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it does take time for them to sort of little by little be chipped away. So do you want me to talk about my, are we diving into the walls? Like, do you want me to talk about my walls or? Yeah. Yeah. You know, since we discussed that we were going to talk about the heart, I've really been thinking about, sort of the own trajectory of my heart. And I actually think that I came into this world with a pretty, like, well, I actually think we all come into this world with an open heart. We all come in wide open, right? Mm -hmm. And that I um, have tended to hold a pretty open heart in many situations, but without a doubt have put up walls with... um, because of trauma or because of um, my own insecurities or because of fear of vulnerability or because fear of really being seen. Um, so I do know, and I, and there's certain people in my life that I feel those walls go up with, and I don't know how to like bring them down, <laughs> right? They just go up automatically. And I've kind of accepted it's just my where I'm at, that those need to be up right now. And that when I'm ready for walls to come down, I'll receive the guidance about how to do that. Yeah. I think that's a great message today. It's that it's not, it's not, a, it's not wrong to have them, but yes. it's the importance of the awareness yes. of them yes, and trying to understand yes the walls and why they exist. And and then where where you're ready to bring the walls down yeah. to do the work yeah. to do that. Yeah. Um, Cause it, yeah, it's not that we're suggesting everyone needs to 
bare their heart fully to every yeah, single person. Yeah, to let person. the walls down. Because I like, I, 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 in fact, I have a, a relationship in my life where the question is like, well, why can't you let your wall down? Well, I don't know. I don't know why. Like if there were the magic button that I'm like, I'm just going to put this wall down for an hour and then it'll go. Like a car right? window. Like a, yeah, like a car window. Yeah. And it, I just don't think it works that way, which is why, gosh, how many times do we talk on this program about you have to do your own work. You have to do your own work. You have to do your own work. And so the inner work is understanding why walls are up with some people and not other people and what why they got created. When I work with people in therapy with their walls, I often have them imagine what the wall looks like. And I have them imagine and think about how long do you think that wall has been there? And, you know, how high is it? And can light get through it? And we just sort of try to through imagery, imagine this wall, and that can bring a lot of information for someone around it. But I swear, when I ask, how old is this wall? Most people are like, oh, it's old. It's stone. It's old, (laughs) right? So I think most of our walls started as children with some kind of pain or some kind of uh, challenge. And then we just kept building on it as we continued through life. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? What do you feel about your walls? Um, So I was thinking about it too, as I prepared for talking about the heart and I definitely probably developed walls in high school. Mm. I had, I had what I thought was a heartbreak very early on with a boy Uh huh. and, um, and a friend actually. Mm. So, um, and then I had a really awful thing happen when I was in, a senior, a senior in high school, I had someone break into my bedroom, into our house, what? into my bedroom, and steal things of mine, uh, pictures. They ripped pictures of me out. Um, what? Yeah. Did they, like, go through your window or through a front door? Or we think s- they got in the front door, but... Um, and they clearly knew right, your so, house, and they yeah. knew... Do you know who the person stole was? Stole my school picture right out of a frame in our living room. So they took a lot of pictures of me and wow, um, and items from my room. And so felt extremely violated, obviously. Holy cow, yeah. Um, but I don't know that I ever truly processed it very well. Mm. I was like, I- I'm, I'm fine. They'll figure out who it is. And they never did. It <gasps> was also really... Do you okay. have an idea? This could be like a crime. Like, let's do, 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 let's figure it out. Does anyone have any information? Call, email us at. I don't know. I assume another kid, you know? Yeah. Um, But, but because of that, I think I really, there were some trust issues that that I, I just didn't, that I started. Those walls were like, okay, this happened and then this happened. And so, um, And then I think looking at relationships, I really, I ended things before someone could end them. I, you know, I was always kind of, they called me, my maiden name's Elwood. Yeah. So they called me arm's length Elwood (laughs) in college (sighs) Um, because I never let people. And I remember thinking that was funny or, you know, it was kind of, they joked with me about it. Yeah. But it really wasn't. It was really kind of how I, how my relationships Mostly, you know, with significant others. Not, I had great friends, but um, but I did protect my heart for yeah. sure. After that, and trust was not easy for me, and I didn't let a lot of people in. Yeah. Um, and so I think I've really, in the last even decade, kind of come to terms with that part of my life to understand how can I now 
allow some of that to come down yeah. and release that because life is so much more beautiful when you can. But I have to say, I, um, I really like what a violation of privacy of mm-hmm. like your, where you sleep at night, like all your most personal um, oh. secrets and objects and things and to have someone come in and, you know, take things and rip things up. And I cannot imagine how hard that was on your mind and your heart and your nervous system. And then not knowing who it was and not being able to catch who it was. I mean, were you worried it was like a serial killer or something? <laughs> like, did you go as deep as like, is there? No, we knew. So <laughs> the footprint on our carpet was like a size 11, 10 or 11. I don't remember, but it was small enough that, you know, they were like, we think this is probably, you know, someone. A kid, a high school know. kid. So I just, in my mind, I'm like, yes, it was, you know, that's how I also protected myself. It had to have been just, you know, a kid that made a stupid decision. And, mm. but I was very wary then of like who was around me. And then I went sure. off to college and, um, kind of left it behind, left it yeah. at home, but I didn't really, I mean, yeah. I carried that yeah. Yeah. with me and yeah the experience. So yeah, it was. Well, and I think you say a good point that what happened is something hard, challenging happened for you. It was a violation of privacy for other people. It could be a really bad breakup or a parental divorce, or there's something. And then you put up this wall as a form of protection, but you're not even conscious it's necessarily there but how it impacted you is you didn't let people in. I mean, I think that's the key about walls around our hearts is we don't let ourselves be vulnerable. And the only way to have really deep, meaningful relationships with people is a capacity to be vulnerable and to let yourself be raw and seen. And when you've been hurt, violated, broken up with, have grief, whatever it is, that wall goes up. And then our capacity to receive. Yes just gets really reduced. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a very pivotal. Yeah. Big pivotal moment. Yeah. So I, yeah, just reflected on it as I was kind of putting things together. Um, so you, I think shared in a previous podcast and, um, you talked about one of the things you've been working on in yourself is, uh, well, you said, I think in one of our last podcasts that like five or six years ago, I think you took a chakra class that I was teaching mm-hmm. and we learned how to measure our chakras or our energy centers. And the one thing that you really stuck with you is that your heart chakra was closed. Yeah. And so, um, take me on that journey of like what that meant for you. And then what you've learned about that as you've been kind of exploring yourself. Yeah. I remember at that time I actually had some kind of pain in my heart too. Mm-hmm. Like I like physical mm-hmm. pain or, you know, Um, so I don't know that I was even that, that surprised that it was closed, but I remember, you know, the competitive Kate was like, okay, well, we need to fix that right now. Lawyer Kate was like, let's take care of that right now. (laughs) I'm going to need that fixed by five o'clock tomorrow. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I, I think it, it was very eye opening for me that I had work to do. And I think what I've, you know, learned is that it really is a, it's a process. It's Mm -hmm. not. There's not a quick fix to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, just the awareness of it for me was like, okay, that's that's where I am right now in this moment, but it doesn't mean I'll be there forever. But now I need to like figure out what, what I need to do. And 
I started doing a lot of traveling. I started doing a lot of yoga retreats. I started doing more yoga. I started a meditation class. Mm -hmm. You know, I dug into things that made me open up to myself. And that that connection to myself then allows me to, your connection to yourself, that's, you know, in direct relation to how much you can connect to others. So it all starts with you. So, yeah, I think all those years of doing those things and they were like building blocks of like, okay, this piece, I need, then I need this. I did the yoga for the mind certification. And I started to see that all those things were opening up mm-hmm. myself, which then in turn makes me able to receive mm-hmm. and be. Okay. But like I had a moment of chills, like as you were talking and then I saw tears behind your eyes and I'm like, Oh, we're getting somewhere here. But the, the piece of like, what helped you open your heart is not that so-and-so was nicer to me, or Mm -mm. I figured out who violated me in high school, or it was like, I got to know me. And I went in and I healed my relationship to myself and I found more depth within myself. And then because of that, it's like you have to create safety in yourself. And when you can create safety in yourself, then you actually can be safe with anyone because you know your own boundaries and you know yourself and what you're okay with and what you're not okay with. So it's like you have to navigate this relationship to yourself. And as soon as that's really solid, then the heart can open. It's like those walls can come down because maybe, maybe this is coming to me in this moment. Maybe we do have the electric window, right? Like maybe we do have our finger on the electric window. And when we know ourselves and we know what our need, you know, because sometimes there are certain, you know, situations in life where I do want to wall up. Yeah. I don't want to let someone in. I need to have a good boundary there. And other times that, that, closed window is preventing me from having love and connection. And so I can put it down. So maybe knowing yourself gives you access to the electric window. I think that's very true. And instead of just walking around with the wall up, you are making conscious self-aware decisions on Mm -hmm. receiving opening. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we've talked too about times in our lives when we are just, especially as women, giving, 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 and always, um, yeah, that's my problem. Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I would say I, like you were really working and now I understand why that you had had this kind of major thing happen in high school. And so you had to be really guarded. Um, and I think my issue is whenever I got my chakras measured, my heart chakra was like wide open. It was totally excessive. And on the surface you can like, Uh, even I think when I first was learning about this, I saw that as like a positive thing. It's like, Oh, my heart is so open. (laughs) I have such, and it's, that's bullshit because my heart was as imbalanced as your closed heart was, right? We were both in places of imbalance. And for me, the open heart, um, looked like a couple things. It could look like naivete in terms of just like letting anyone in. It could look like attracting a lot of takers into my life, attracting in people who just wanted to like suck um, off of my open heart and my kindness, but would take advantage of me and would hurt me. And more than that, wouldn't give back to me. So it was just like I was sourcing energy to a bunch of people who I wasn't receiving back from. Um, And then it, it really, it did show up 
you know, and I think it shows up in so many women. It's just overgiving. I was overgiving to my work. I was overgiving to, to children, although that's a different relationship because you always overgive to children. It's right. not, I always say it's not an equal energetic relationship. It's right. the parent gives, the child receives. Um, but for me, it led to fatigue and burnout and, you know, a real kind of physical breakdown mm-hmm. Because I was just giving, 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 giving and not able to receive in. So like a healthy, what's a healthy, balanced heart chakra? There's equal extension out of energy as well as taking in. And you take energy in through the back of the heart and you extend energy out through the front of the heart. So for me, it was like there was too much going out, not enough coming in. So of course you're going to get fatigued and burned out and exhausted and tired and so neither are are useful. Right. Closing yourself off or opening yourself up too much. Yeah. And I love the analogy of your heart, like soft front. Strong, strong back. back. Yeah. So the soft, strong shows up again in your heart that it's not all about just the softness of being open fully right. to everyone. You have to have the right. balance. Right. Yeah. yeah. So for me... There was a lot of softness, but there wasn't enough fierceness. And so now as I'm in this later decade of my 40s, now my fierceness, my wildness, my voice, my no, my no is coming out before I was the yes girl. Like, yes, you would you like that? Yes. Oh, would you like a little, you know, can would you like to put your needle in, in my arm and I'll give you a little blood? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love, oh, I've got some for you. And oh, you need some? Sure. Yes, 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 yes. And my work has been to say no. No, I can't do that. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm not okay with what's going on. So boundaries. Boundaries. So maybe a little more masculine. More masculine. Oh, oh my gosh. And what did you just heal? You needed more yes, Mm -hmm. right? With your healing your feminine. I needed more no with healing my masculine. Can I give you a high five across the table (laughs) right now? Yeah, it's all coming together. It is. And all for the benefit of just... For all of our listeners, we have to find that balance, the threshold, that place in the middle. Yes. Yeah. And it's it's daily work, right? It's not it's not like we achieve it and we're like, hey, we did it. We did it. We're here. We're on the pinnacle. I mean, life happens, things happen. You know, we do still have not real heartbreak, but we have heartbreaking things happen. Those are happening yeah. all around us right now. And so yeah. it is it is something to pay attention to daily and work with daily. Um, and when you feel depleted or you f- you're feeling lonely or isolated or mm-hmm. overly defensive, those are all signs that, you're, that your heart is, is closed. Yeah, shut down. Yeah, and I, I love this sort of point that it's not a quick fix and you don't just suddenly figure it out and then it's good. It's like automatically open for the rest of your life. Like it's a, it's a long-term process. And when you know your tendency, that's key. So Kate knows her tendency is to shut down and to like put up a wall and to push away maybe. And my tendency is to like overgive and sort of a martyry, uh, like ooey gooey, like I'll rescue you if you're drowning and I'll dive in and die myself, but I will be the hero. Cause I, right. Like we yeah. both know our tendency. Right. So once we know that now we know, like, especially under stressful situations, that's what's going to happen, but we can catch ourselves now that we know like, Oh, Betsy overgiving, you got to say no. Oh, Kate shutting down. Can you open and say yes? Right. Like we mm-hmm. both know our tendency and we can right. work with that. Right. 
Yeah. Okay. So I have to share one little thing. Yeah. I learned that I always hug people to the left. Mm. Okay. And your heart is on your left, your left side. So I, to actually receive, I have to hug someone where my head goes to the They're right. Yeah. Ever, all of us, yeah. that is the correct way to hug. I know. I just learned this at 50. Did you? And I, I have been doing for it very wrong long. my entire life. Let's not say wrong, Kate. I've been doing it the other way. <laughs> I've been doing it without receiving. Yes. But but do you know that most people, the natural way is when you go into, so you're facing, I'm facing Kate right now. My head is going to go to the left side. Her, it's her right side, but it's my left side. That's how most people hug. Yeah. But Why? then when you learn to hug, because it's more vulnerable. When you learn to hug, where if you're facing someone and your head goes to the right and your heart to heart line up, left, left side to oh. left side line up, it's like electromagnetically, your hearts are in alignment and it's way more vulnerable. Yeah. You can feel it. It's so much energetically different. And so a lot of people are like, nah. no, I'll they don't know it. It's super unconscious, so- but they're like, I'll just pat you on the back and give you a nice little right yes. hug where it's like left to left is where the real juice is. I've always thought of myself as a hugger and I'm literally like, oh my God, I'm really <laughs> have to change my perception around this. I uh-huh. know. So I am, I am consciously hugging to, mm-hmm. my kids. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm like. Yes. Kate, that heart is wide open. I can feel it <laughs> emanating across the table right now. Mm-hmm. I can, I, can we go one other direction with this heart? Cause you know, this is like one of my favorite things to talk about. Um, and it came up, I actually just did a wisdom Wednesday today and someone was asking about, I did it on like the, the physical body and the mind body connection. Someone was asking what a tight neck and throat means mm-hmm. So this is related to the heart. So I want to explore this with you too, because I think this is really good stuff. So the heart chakra is about like giving love, receiving love, extending out, taking in, right? Then the neck and the throat is sort of this like very, it's the most narrow energetic point in the body. Like if you think about your neck, it's like the skinniest part of the body. Mm -hmm. Um, It's the bridge between your heart and your head. So you can make decisions from your heart or you can make decisions from your head, right? And right. I think we've talked about this yep. a little bit in past, past podcasts. We did. It was like podcast number two yeah, or three. We the title. T- <laughs> okay. Yeah. But if, if your head tells logic, tells you one thing and your heart tells you another thing and they don't agree, the war happens in your throat. Uh, and that's so like your voice. Clint, your voice. Yeah. You don't find your voice. Mm. You can't speak up. So, and, you, and I, I envision you staying in indecision. Yes. Yeah. Not. And it's toxic because the throat is also the purifier of the body. So like if you are warring and your heart says, I really, the example I used today and someone's like, Betsy, are you thinking about something? The example I used today, maybe I was channeling Kate. If my heart says I need to move to Seattle, my heart says I need to move to Seattle. My head says, bad idea. We're going into a recession. The cost of housing is so much. We don't know what's going to happen. Is there going to be another pandemic? Right? So you go into all the logic, but mm-hmm. for whatever reason, you can't explain why your heart's like, no, I need to be in the Pacific Northwest. I don't understand why, but it's calling to me. Then that war between your head and your heart manifest in clinching and clinching your jaw and tightening your throat and getting sore throat, right? Like it's just, it yeah. all gets stuck in the throat region. I just was with a woman who was saying, 
I'm having all of this throat. You just cleared your throat, did I you? Did, know that? I did. <laughs> <laughs> because you sit here and think to yourself, <laughs> oh, is there something going on in my throat? In there? Um, and she said the same thing. She said, I don't know what's going on with my throat. So it is just a good reminder for people to, when you are feeling sensations in your throat, to kind of think about, are, are you in indecision about something? Yeah. Are you at war with yourself about something? Um, yeah. Because um, making decisions, getting unstuck, and then seeing how that how your body responds to that can yeah. be really freeing yeah. and literally freeing in your body. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm. I'll, we'll put this in the show notes. But if any of you are really interested in, we'll put some information about the the chakra system and the heart chakra in particular. But there's also this really amazing research center, I believe somewhere in California called the Heart Math Institute. And they have a really great website that we'll put in the show notes, but they're all about studying the energetics of the heart. And it's all, it's really science-based, but it's also so beautifully spiritual and esoteric. And one of the things that they found, which really reminds me of what we're talking about right now, is that there are way more messages that run from the heart to the head so meaning your heart knows more than your head yep. and it's communicating more with your head than the vice versa. So we like to think our mind is in charge, but actually they've been finding there's way more messages that run from the heart to the head than the head to the heart. And I just think it's like another sign to listen to your heart, to follow your heart, to tune into your heart, yes. to open your heart. All of that. Yes. Well, thank you for the heart talk today. Thank you. You know, I love to heart talk with you. I'll heart talk with you anytime, Kate Moreland. And now the amazing singer-songwriter, Lissy Morris with Wild West. Thanks for joining us today. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. Come back and rewild with us again next week.